0: And welcome to the first episode of Airy Muse. I'm your host, Sarah Crowley. This first episode is going to be a solo performance by me, explaining, introducing myself, and what I hope thematically this podcast will primarily be about, It's niche, if you will. I was inspired, I think, even before I moved to this town. But it became evident when I moved to this town. The town I'm talking about is not too far outside of Yosemite National Park. It's called Mid Pines. It's essentially the same town as its neighbor a slightly bigger small town Mariposa and I let me not lose my original thread of thought in in any case prior to moving to this town I I had the thought that it might be interesting to have some type of book of interviews and photos of athletes whom I will loosely categorize as aerialists. And using that term, I'm using it somewhat in an unconventional sense and including skydivers, base jumpers, tightrope walkers, and trapeze artists for sure, but including really any lover of, of the air and playing in the sky, so pilots could be included in my really broad definition here, hang gliders, paragliders. And so, cut to me moving out of the park finally after more than a dozen years of living in Yosemite Valley, working and living there. And I moved to Mid Pines, and I discover, that there are quite a few athletes who I would call aerialists athletes who are lovers of sky sports and dangling and infatuated with the idea of flying. So I, I thought, you know, maybe I can make that book I had in the back of my head. And I had a friend, fairly recently suggest making sort of a a coffee table type of book, which was, I thought, in alignment with that original concept that I had. And maybe someday that would be a project to work on. But like so many people, I am a lover of, of podcasts, of interviews on YouTube, and TV be damned, it's, it's so uninteresting compared to the interesting interviews that can be found either in video form or, or just audio, and especially under the category that I chose to put this podcast in or under uh, self-improvement, debating a little bit about the category but deciding that would probably give me the most room to roam eventually if I do want to break away from this tight theme of interviewing, contemplating sky sports and being an extreme sports athlete in the sky or Airy sports, I like to call them, um, to be more inclusive. But I, like probably all of you listening, have many interests. So I reserve the right to change the theme somewhat, though I think it's wise to have a niche, especially in the beginning, and broaden the theme occasionally to honor my other interests, and hopefully you will find these interests interesting as well. Interviewing performers, actors, artists, poets, healers, metaphysicians, scientists, rebels, and on and on. So that is my hope for this podcast. And I am also planning on having a, maybe not a weekly reading but bi-monthly of a book that I wrote, which is an adult fairy tale. And it is about the plight of a fairy who is a part of a recruit program. And she is living under the guise of being a human, a non-fairy, and fighting crime as a detective in New York City. So it is a short novel, and you could think of it as a bedtime story and listen to it before you go to bed or on your commute to work or whenever you like. It probably will be no more than 20 or 30 minutes reading a chapter a couple of cha- of chapters each episode and that will be a a separate deal separate from the podcast of interviews i hope to start very soon but the title of my adult fairy tale is called Millie Starbeam, and that will probably be the next episode. I will read the first chapter of that, and if you want to listen to it, I would welcome any feedback. Um, So, how did my interest start as a sky enthusiast, as a lover of dangling in the air, falling through the air, etc. I think it probably started as a rock climber. I, I discovered that I enjoyed falling a little and dangling on the rope a little more than other climbers. And I started off in a very unfortunate place to catch the climbing bug, which was New York City. I was living in Manhattan at the time in the Lower East Side when I went to my first indoor rock climbing, had my first indoor rock climbing experience. And I was enamored right away. It took me a little while to start going regularly to the gym and gain some confidence. But I I knew I really enjoyed it. I remember when I started, I ended up, I was an actor at the time and I was in a show and I ended up getting distracted working on that as I was discovering indoor rock climbing. So it did take a little while for me to started to go regularly and then I discovered there was a community in Central Park of climbers. Mostly the activity was centered around one boulder called Rat Rock in Central Park and yeah I just it it opened up my world hugely and simultaneously I was really hungry for nature and beautiful scenery and almost obsessed with getting out of New York, finding a way to do that. And as climbing was growing on me and as I was going to Central Park more regularly, I I think the last year and a half I was in the city, I was going a few times a week and starting to prefer actual rock to... The climbing gym, even though the climbing was shorter, it it was more satisfying in a lot of ways, and it made me feel like I was a real climber being on rock, even though climbing snobs, or even not climbing snobs, really a lot of people would probably sneer at the size of this rock, rat rock. But a lot of really good climbers um, have been entertained by this rock and it just shows how adaptive how adaptable humans are. And there used to be a really dedicated Japanese artist named Yuki. I can't think of his last name, but he he was there when I started to and he, he was known as kind of the guru, the the mentor of that rock. He knew and had created many of the little roots bouldering roots are called problems and they really are like mathematical equations to solve uh, puzzles to solve and I think that is why climbing attracted me I'm not a natural athlete but I it corresponded with me quitting smoking and needing another addictive outlet, substituting an addiction, and then discovering that there there were activities that could stimulate your brain, and lo and behold you actually got a workout too. So climbing was really fulfilling in a lot of ways, but I also discovered when I was in the gym and I would fall that I loved dangling on the rope. I just loved it. I thought it was fun, and I knew I wasn't supposed to. I knew I was supposed to be ashamed that I had fallen on a route and that I needed to work harder. But I also enjoyed rappelling. When I had my first experience doing that, I was terrified, but that was in a climbing area in upstate New York called the Schoen Gunks. And so i moved to yosemite eventually and had no idea like many people who move to the park you say you're going to stay a say a season or two at most and you end up staying multiple years if not multiple decades and my first year when i moved to the park i had the ideal job for climbing with some regularity. Primarily I worked at night, I I did do some catering where I would have to work during the day, but primarily my shifts were at night and I could climb during the day, I had my weekends. And I was meeting skydivers who, rock climbers rather, who were also skydiving. And it just is a testament to how naive I am, I can be, and was. And I I remember thinking, I was hanging out with this guy at the time who was in a group of, of climbers who were known as the monkeys, and I remember eating a meal and they were, we were drinking and eating and and just talking. And a couple of them were talking with great enthusiasm about recent skydiving experiences. And I just kind of chalked it up to thinking, well, they're interested in one extreme sport, so makes sense they would like a lot of different extreme sports. I really didn't think too much of it. Um, And then I discovered what they were doing and um, why they were becoming skydivers. So almost a year into living in the park, I remember it was June and I had moved there the August before. I was in a meadow, sitting in a meadow in in the park. And it's a lesser known meadow. So maybe not the meadow that savvy people, people who know something about base jumping might think. In any case, I was not, had no agenda to see two base jumpers, but that is what I saw that night. And it was, I didn't know a whole lot about the the protocol of being a savvy BASE jumper, but I knew it was probably a little lighter out than was acceptable or prudent in terms of being caught. Um, it was definitely not twilight or even pre twilight. It was dusk. It was evening, but there was a there was a lot of light and. I didn't realize what I was seeing until the parachutes came out of my mind, as just trying to go through all the possibilities of what is it that I'm looking at. And I remember involuntarily rising up out of the meadow, maybe saying something that came out of my mouth. I don't know. Wouldn't be surprised. And it may have just been a huge kind of sigh of um, just, it was an awe-inspiring sight to see. And I really had no awareness of whether other people in the meadow saw it or not. I do remember thinking protective thoughts for these anonymous jumpers whom I didn't know, whom I... Discovered later, I I may have actually known, but um, I remember wishing them well silently, though. And that was and remains one of the most lovely sights I have ever seen. Truly beautiful. So, what is it about? flight that captivates humans maybe that's a dumb question if you ask a person what superpower they would most like usually it's flying and I wasn't really one of those kids that was dying to fly I wasn't opposed to the idea but I was more enamored with the idea of magic and Not being limited by petty rules and levitating, floating, rising up, feeling weightless. That seemed appealing to me. In that sense, enjoying airiness. I did enjoy climbing trees when I was a kid. Yeah, so... It's interesting to try to trace one's interests, though, if you think of your own biography. When did I start to get interested in this hobby? You can ask yourself. And I don't remember skydiving even remotely being on my radar as something that was interesting to me as as a kid or even into my 20s. my sister reminded me that I did see a skydiver land when we were kids and I had completely forgotten about that memory but you know again I I I don't remember I don't remember longing for it as a kid at all so That was probably one of the seeds, witnessing the base jumpers. And then I took a flying trapeze class at the Omega Institute in upstate New York in the town of Rhinebeck. And I was there for a different separate reason at a workshop. And I went up there with an old high school pal of mine, and we had a really great time. And I spent a few days in the city. It was kind of fun to go back to that home town and be a tourist and not be miserable about being in New York, but really delighted again, knowing I could leave and appreciating the magic of the city. And I took the class just on a whim. It seemed like a delightful little thing to do. We had some downtime and there were all sorts of things you could do during your downtime at Omega. It's a really beautiful it's a very beautiful setting. Um, you could go swimming, you could go hiking, you could meditate, you could take other little classes here and there, go to the cafe, the bookstore was awesome. And I decided to take a flying trapeze class. And that was so magical, and I couldn't wait to take it again when I got back to California. It would take me several months, maybe it was almost a year after that, to take another class. And then I started to go with some regularity, but I didn't exceed. I've had all of nine classes of flying trapeze, So I liked it, but it was an extremely long drive and uh, pricey, but certainly not as pricey or as committing as skydiving proved to be. And then a little after that, I chose to pursue skydiving because I wanted to be a base jumper. I wanted to jump off cliffs. And that was uh, a longing that was so surprising and weird to me and something i kept private for a while um closeted even to myself i have said about that notion and i remember having some dreams about it and it it seemed to be ta to- uh, teasing me and and whispering to me to come to it and so i did i knew i had to become a skydiver first and learn how to operate a parachute at minimum and i am not the most kinesthetically intelligent or quick person so it was a slow process for me um and i would say i'm still a mediocre skydiver but i i have close to 600 jumps now and i've been doing it for 11 years so it's something that i i still love doing and it gives me delight and joy um i now don't have to drive 4 hours or approximately i work at a skydiving place and um can almost be kind of casual about the idea of, of skydiving and jumping now. Um I get to jump pretty regularly and uh, you know, my drive has been reduced to less than twenty minutes. So life is interesting. I I have never base jumped. I don't rule it out as an activity that I will eventually experience, but I fell in love with skydiving and um, I have said, I felt a little tricked by the universe, but I also, if I am honest and uh, I do want to talk about fear a bit in this podcast and interviews with some of the athletes I would like to talk to. If I am honest, I am very afraid of the idea of base jumping and I certainly was afraid of skydiving too, but I want, if I do decide to base jump, I want it to be coming from a very happy, joyful place not a, a Pollyanna-ish delusional place. I, I I am aware of the great danger and risk involved. Um, I have friends who do it, and there's a fair amount of, of crossover in the skydiving community. But I also believe my friends who tell me that it, they really are are like two different sports. So you... You know how to operate a parachute, but it's they're very different activities, and I understand that, and I believe them, and I suspected that as well. so uh, in any case, there are a lot of not just base jumpers, but interesting people who love airy sports in this area. Yosemite, Mariposa, Midpines, Oakhurst, Fresno, this general area. And they're doing really extraordinary things. There's quite an extraordinary highlining community. And um, there are paragliders, hang gliders, skydivers, silks, enthusiasts, um, Lyra, enthusiasts. I, I am one of those too. the Lyra, some people pronounce it Lyra, you you know you would know that um, as I describe it as like static trapeze but in the shape of a circle. And in any case what all of these athletes seem to share is a love of magic and pushing against perceived limitations. Sure, gravity does exist, but we can act like it doesn't a little bit for a small space in time. And I discovered that the skydiving community, and then I see it also with the. Aerialist community in the traditional sense, the aerialists who do trapeze stuff. um, They really do not cower to the typical limitations that most humans are programmed to bow down to. And I love that it, it has made me shut my mouth more when I I'm wanting to give myself negative self-talk or worry or succumb to fear and it has made me want to imitate those and be like those and I I hope that I have, over the last decade, become a more unlimited thinker. Um, so, yeah, this group of people, they're, they're all very interesting, and I hope to get them on this show and speak to them and have interesting conversations about fear, about depression, about spirituality, about joy, and artistry, all of which I think are huge factors that make up extreme sport athletes. Even the ones who might claim to be atheists, there is a spiritual like emanation that those athletes have as well. And it's all very interesting stuff. And I Again, I hope to branch out and speak to a lot of different types of people as well. So this is the first podcast where I had a conversation with myself, basically, and uh, a monologue, I guess you could say. And the next episode will not be like that. Though the next episode may well be me reading from Millie Starbeam, Fairy Detective by Sarah Crowley, a novel, an adult fairy tale, literally a fairy tale. And I am signing off now until next time.